He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1-800-858-858. Hey, team. Welcome back. Another week of footy flies by, and with so much to dissect, who better than two blokes who you'd happily let the other team use for fill-up numbers to go through it? Get comfortable and enjoy the listen. Yes, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Footy Yarn. Finals time, baby. My name's Hayden Arducci, joined by Matthew Arrowsmith. Matthew, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Um, I'm good, I'm ready, I'm excited. Um, a lot's happening even away from finals, because it's, it's that season, it's trade season, it's delisting season. It is. Um, I haven't seen any real horrible delistings yet that I can think of. Oh, well, I mean, Carlton got rid of Jack Nunes. Yeah, no, sorry, Jack Nunes. Freo fans everywhere would be stoked. Yeah. Like, that bloke couldn't kick a set shot from anywhere except from the boundary of Optus. Yeah, it's just he's a pressure moment player. But um, I'm, I'm excited to see some players get delisted that I can go, what the, you know, your Toby Watsons, yeah. your Steph Gyros, um, and other incredibly stiff players over the past who have been delisted. Um, how have you felt about the week off? You know, just no, no yeah, footy to watch. Obviously, the women's footy. I didn't like it. Didn't I didn't like, like it at all. Did, did you try watching any women's footy? I watched a bit of it. Yeah, there yeah. were some good games, but no, I just didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think if I had to, if I had to have a buy, I reckon I'd go with the prelim to grand final buy. Yeah, it, I feel like it's such a good buy. Yeah. Like it just, it it really. Plus, like, if someone gets concussed in the prelim. It's yeah. like time to get up for the grand final. Yeah, it was such a great buy, and it really just. Oh, I don't know, and you know, I feel like I've said it a lot. Brownlow on a Saturday night, like yeah. that would be so much better than Brownlow on a Monday, because because then you can get on it. Yeah, and really have a good time. It's like tough to get on the sewers. Like I'm <laughs> gonna have to take work off if I want to watch the Brownlow. Like you know, it's like they don't consider these things. Also, Thursday night elimination final. I'm not a fan. I understand they've got to with the with the women's fixturing, they've got to do this, but the fixturing this week is a joke. Just oh, just. Have Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. The women can play a Friday, Thursday night match. Yeah, I, like it's a it's a round two. The women can play a Thursday night. Yeah. This is an elimination final. Chuck it on a Sunday. I know. And Who doesn't love a good Sunday arvo? If a couple fixtures clash between the two, oh well. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've got three Saturday play mornings. Play one as a curtain raiser. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are on Friday night. But they've got three Saturday morning AFLW games. Two are on at the exact same time. So that's clashing anyway. Yeah. And then you've got the Frio versus Geelong at like 11, 10 a.m. And that's the last women's game on the Saturday. Is Frio versus Geelong here? Yeah. All oh, right, okay. And then it's just uh, like a super Sunday for, for women's footy. But I don't know why you wouldn't put this Thursday night elimination final there in place of one of them that can go on the Thursday. Uh, I don't know, but it's a joke. It's a disgrace. I don't like it. It's a farce. The only thing worse is the Waffle Grand Final going to lead of a local. And uh, the Waffle Grand Final again is going to be a sad day this year. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, they, they had those. I mean, it was Sunday for years and yeah. years. Yeah. And they've stuffed up the fixture anyway. It should have been finals for the Waffle should have started last week. Yeah, the, it's just the Waffle's also a joke. It's um one of the more poorly run competitions. 
The the Perth Ammo's leg is probably better run than the waffle. In saying that, I love the waffle. Yep. I just want it to be better. The waffle frightens me. I hate being at the waffle too late because like <laughs> weird fans start to rock up. I'm a Southern Districts fan and I go there and I'm like, even I'm like, ooh, I'm not scared. Yeah, Swan's probably the weirdest fans to be fair. <laughs> they get pretty aggressive and angry. Yeah, I like watching Colts because Colts is mainly just like parents, friends, like siblings. So it's like, you know, everyone's just really supportive. And then you get to like league time and it's just like drunk idiots who probably can't afford to go to the AFL, but they're spending heaps of money on piss here. I feel like one day some Swan supporters are going to attack me and like mid attacking, I'll be like, I'm a Swan fan, I'm a Swan fan. Yeah. And they won't care. We, we <laughs> saw two Perth fans fight each other once. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> like, why? I can't even remember why. Was it over like a flag placement or something? Yeah, he had some, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, in local news, Kenwick Colts have made the prelim. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So, so if they win that game, they'll be in the grand final. Yeah, right? and I tell you what. It is exciting times. That that elimination final, oh, my God. Halftime, everyone counted us out. We'd only kicked a goal. We were down by about three or four goals. And um, one bloke is from Swan Districts, Kynan Blondell. Um, I don't know why they're not giving him more of a game. They're choosing to play bottom ages instead of him. But holy shit, he just said, boys, get on my back. I will drag us to victory. And then we chucked uh, the fullback up to full forward. And in wow. the last quarter, he kicked three goals. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, with about... Three minutes to go. Uh, Liam Acosta kicked a goal to give us the lead. Oh, wow. And um, then we just were really holding on. And with about 45 seconds to go, we got a free kick on the wing. And for some reason, Bayswater thought, yeah, let's start a punch-up. Yeah, I heard about like, this. And then the Kenwick guy just was like, I'm just going to run the ball up. Yeah, like the clock's still running. <laughs> He's just jogging the footy up as well. It's like, mate, sprint it up. There's two defenders, uh, one in the goal square, one in front of you. And then we're all just yelling at one bloke to just get inside 50 and just get an easy kick off. I saw the video of the, the song, the scenes, and they were pretty yeah, uh, ev- up ev- and about. Everyone ran on. Um, yeah, the, the song was pretty up and about. It was just, it was a great time. And um, I'm guessing Armadale are a pretty good team. They're playing yeah, this week. Armadale and Manning are a clear top two. Manning, I don't think, have lost a game all season. They're in the green. Yeah, they're dominating. And um, they've got a heap of ex Waffle Colts. So Kimwick would be big underdogs this week. Yeah, but I, uh, everyone uh, loves an underdog. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. loves an underdog. So I think we're in Coburn playing Armadale. Yeah, that's all right. So. And it's a tough one because that starts an hour before the Freo women's game. What time's the Colts game? 10.40. Oh, yeah. I've got cricket around Coburn early. Maybe I could shoot off. Who knows? It's, um, I'm excited to see how it goes. But one thing I'm even more excited about is to hear you dish off some news. Yes, welcome back, and some big news to reveal um, as we sit in episode number whatever it is. Yep. Um, Tim Taranto starting off, uh, definitely leaving. Uh, yeah. The GWS Giants. That's that's <coughs> stiff. I'm I'm gonna miss Timmy T. Yeah, I mean he'll still be around. Yeah, it won't be the same. <laughs> uh, seems like it's gonna be Richmond or Collingwood. It seems likely Richmond. I'll be shocked if it. Was Collingwood now? It seems like it's going to be. Rich yeah, then. it looks like there could be a real merry-go-round with mids, depending on what Dusty does and yeah. Tom Mitchell. Yeah, it's a lot about um, depending what Dusty does, depending what happens at Richmond. So if Dusty did go, apparently they would have enough room to get Taranto and Hopper in. Yep. Wow. So 
be pretty both, yeah. yeah. So Hopper's also linked to Geelong. Yeah. Uh, Geelong are out of the race for Dugowie, apparently. And I forget Dugowie's still moving yeah. somewhere. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's going anywhere now. Well, we, I think Saints is the I only think it's literally option. St Kilda and Collingwood. That's yeah. basically about it. Um, so Hopper's linked to Geelong as well. Uh, who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, Brody Grundy still apparently just link, doesn't want to leave Collingwood. Yeah. And Collingwood is like, no, you reckon yeah, it's time. You're probably, you're a bit past your expiry. I know yet. we offered you seven years. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I think it's ridiculous. Well, I wouldn't be getting Yeah, money. apparently Melbourne and Geelong are the two teams. Yeah. And if Luke, like if Luke Jackson does go, Melbourne are going to make a pursuit for Grundy, which I still feel is, like a, is a bit overkill. I like, think Geelong could use him much more. I reckon he'd be perfectly fit at Geelong. Oh, absolutely. But Melbourne just, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's a silly trade for Melbourne for the amount of money they yeah, have to I put in know. to get just another ruck when they've already got an elite ruck. I just, this is a Collingwood supporter. I just hope they keep him. I just don't see the point. Yeah, We're going to have to pay him money to play somewhere else. Yeah, but he'll be playing threes behind, you know, like Coxie, oh, yeah. Aiden Begg, um, Darcy Cameron. If you look at what, well, we won that 11 in a row by fucking... Yeah. Whatever. If we like win three of those, everyone's like, oh, they need Grundy. Yeah. They need him. Absolutely. But, you know, now that he's out, you can say, well, we didn't need him and he can go. Look, we'll wait and see. Yeah, the uh, Tom Mitchell trade's kicking about now. Yeah, Tom Mitchell apparently. And he's linked to Collingwood. Because Collingwood need yeah, another midfielder. The second I saw that, I, I thought, was like, Geez, oh, that's, that's going to be stoked. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, let's get another one. Yeah. Don't go after a key forward or key back. Apparently Hawthorne are willing to pay a bit of his contract. Um, so it's like 800k on one year left. Hopefully we just get a good pick. Hopefully yeah. hopefully something like a 20-odd. Maybe a good pick and you get uh, Aiden Begg. Oh, well, we got Max Ramsden in terms of young rucks. And Max Lynch. Yep, and Ned Reeves. Wow. So I, I just don't see why we need Aiden Begg. Yeah, fair enough. Lee McMahon. Well, I'd abs- I'd take Lee McMahon in a heartbeat just for the culture. I I've, I've been going through it. Collingwood just love turning backs into forwards and forwards into backs. Yeah. Will Kelly styles a forward now back. McMahon styles a forward now back. Darcy Moore forward now back. My check back now forward. Imagine now playing forward. Uh, what's going on? Flip the script. <laughs> Can we just recruit someone and let him play in his position? Yeah, mids. <laughs> It's, it baffles me. Anyway, uh, some big outs of the weekend. Tom yep. Liberator and Nat Five. I think Liber's probably a bigger out than Five at the moment. Oh, significantly, yeah. It's huge. Nat Five's cook, mate. He's no good. I wouldn't even put him in the starting 22. Do you think uh, they trade Nat Five? I think at the start of the year they, they should have, and they should have gone after Logan McDonald and tried seeing if they can package Nat Five in somehow. Um, but far too late for that, for him to be worth anything. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Taylor Adams is going to be fit, yep. which is exciting. Uh, Lob and Logue to undergo fitness tests, but I think I'll play. Probably. What about Tabernard? Do you think he'll play? I think Tabernard is pretty much out. That's that's upsetting. Yeah. Hopefully it means like a Sebek Kuek gets a debut. Kuek! Is, is he Wilmot's debuting in a final? Yeah. <laughs> that's pressure. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, grand finals, pressure. That's, you know, pick it. But, geez, Darcy, he, first year on a list... And just, wow. We'll get to the games later, but yep. I think Brisbane are in a bit of a hole. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Cam Rayner, one-week suspension upheld uh, for Thursday's final. Uh, big out. Yeah, there's been a few changes for Brisbane. Their changes have definitely been downgrades, whereas Richmond's have been upgrades. 
yeah. in terms of their changes for tonight's game. And Peter Laddams, the wild VFL bump given a three-week suspension. Did you suspension. see it? I did, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit rogue. Interesting. Yeah, I just didn't see why he needed to. The ball was out of play. You know, the player had, you know, stopped doing anything for about two seconds and then Pete just goes, yeah, I'm <coughs> taking this bloke's head off. I Look, am killing this bloke. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> make, him, make him earn it. Make him earn that stoppage. Uh, also, obviously, uh, Essen looking for a new coach, and apparently it's been reported a few players have just said, we want Ross. Yeah, if only it was that easy. Yeah, so Ross was on footy classified last night. I'll yeah. watch a bit of it, and Ross just doesn't want to get into it, obviously. And, yeah. Uh, it says he hasn't been contacted and blah, 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 and James Hurd's going to apply and all this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Just, we want Ross. Yeah. Cool, you wanted Clarko as well. Like that. Yeah. Look, I, I can't imagine the Essendon players on holiday just give it to the call and goes, hey, just say, all yeah. right, we've decided we want Ross. Like just in the middle of this like <laughs> nightclub in Mykonos and they've just like... They've all, they all start down and shout, Ross, Ross, <laughs> Who are they calling? They don't have a president. <laughs> <laughs> like, who have they called? Like the welfare no, they manager? Have, no, they have a president. Dave Barham, they don't have a CEO. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, they're calling the president, <laughs> middle of a nightclub in Mykonos, and they're just going, mate, we've we've decided, we, we've had our thoughts, we've just, doof, doof, doof in the background, <laughs> just, we've decided, we want Ross. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And then it's just clicking in glasses <laughs> and downing it, and it hangs up. I reckon it was a prank call. I reckon, I reckon it was like, I reckon when they were out, someone said to Dice, Oi, odds on you calling, odds on you calling the president saying we want Ross Lyon. Just lost it. Had to give him a ring. What about Kane Kalonis as well? Comes out and goes, Essendon should not be going away. They should not go on holiday. They should stay home no, and think about mate, what they've ab- done. Absolutely not. You sit home, you stare at the wall and you ponder things. Mate, Nick Martin's already started his pre-season training. Now, that's an AFL player. There were a few times when Kane was at Port when Port would get rubbish. I doubt Port Kane went, lads, I'm not coming. I'm going home. Yeah, no, probably for the best. I, Kane Corns is just, uh, it's obviously so obvious at this point. I just hate how every so often he goes through cycles where he actually starts dishing up some good stuff. Yeah, and then he goes, oh, now I'm going to reach up this ridiculous shit. Yeah, and it's shit. like, maybe you're all right, Kane. And then he just attacks, violently <laughs> attacks, just for zero reason whatsoever. It's like, oh, Kane, come on, corny. Wait, he's just, he's, he's lucky he didn't give Brisbane a chance. He should have come out and said, Brisbane are no chance of winning. They'll lose by 800 points. Richmond, he just should have done that. And then Brisbane would have won. Yeah. Which they still might. They still could. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all Australian team. Yeah, so that came out. We obviously predicted ours, and it came out that day. Um, shock horror once again. No wingers picked. This is a joke. Took Miller away two percent on the wing every year. Every year the same complaints are made, and for some reason, I'm stupid enough to believe that every year it's going to change. Every year, I believe in the power of the people and go, yeah, they'll pick some genuine wingers this year. And every year they don't. Hawkins is captain. I understand their reasoning, but I also... I understand it, but also I was like, huh? Pat Cripps is probably one of the best captains in the league. You got Gorn in there as well. Yeah. And like, also, <laughs> like, it was hell funny. Hawkins comes up to his speech and goes, oh, I've never captained a footy team in my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, great. Well, it's a good thing you don't have to captain a team <laughs> because this team is just make-believe. Like, without sounding uh, biased towards Collingwood, I thought, oh, Josh Dacos, he'll, he's a lock. He'll be on the wing. 
Like, I was like you've you've got to take out. Look, Tuke Miller deserves to be there. Of course he does. You're dropping Callum Mills totally, and you drop one of Heaney and Rosie. You put Tuke to the bench, and then you bring in. You can put Blixarfs to the wing if you want, but yeah, Dacos has got to be there, and I think Angus Brayshaw is pretty stiff, given you only picked three wingers in yeah. the 44 man squad, and then decided to only pick one in the entire squad. I'm sure Tuke and Millsy could do a job on the wings, but they haven't played wing, have they? Mate, Errol Goulden deserves a go over them. Yep. But other than that, I feel like I was pretty happy with the team. James Sicily, incredibly stiff. He Um, was. I feel like maybe over Heaney, even though it's obviously completely different roles, but maybe just another backman there. Um, A lot of people complained about the forward line. Shea Bolton was pretty good with his mid-forward split. And same with Petrarca. He wasn't horrible with it. And I feel like... That you're always going to end up with one or two of those players. So I feel like other than Sisley being out and the winger debacle, this is actually a pretty accurate reflection of the All-Australian side this year. Yeah, I, did, I didn't mind it overall. All right. Well, I do have a little treat for everyone. Um, last week, I had a man come into this 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 room right here, sitting where you were just there, um, by the name of Michael um, oh, Monaro. He's back. Fast Frederick. You finally got to meet him. Yeah, finally. Um, after my shock gastro spell last... No, two years ago. It ran a while ago. Yeah, two years ago. Um, Fast Freddy came back in the house. Well, first time in the house, but came back to the studio. Um, we laughed. We cried. We we shared a lot of emotions, but... he ma- Frederick with the speed. Can he trap it? McPherson's there. Oh, he's kicked... Wait for the siren. He likes it. The Duffies aren't done yet. Waterhouse leads back. Another goal for Clyde Waterhouse. And put the ball. It's through. And ahead of the finals, I've got a, a very big guest with me. He was with us for finals last year or the year before. I unfortunately wasn't there. I picked up a pretty horrible bout of gastro on that day. It was devastating, but I've got you here now. Fast Freddy, Michael Frederick, how are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm excited to have you. Now, obviously, finals are coming up. We're a week away from finals. Do, do you get that finals buzz now and you're know, being in finals for the first time? Um, Not yet, I don't think, okay. to be honest, but um, sort of... Or like you know that there's a game in a, in a week's time or whatever. Um, so yeah, pretty exciting to be honest. Like I've never played, obviously in an AFL final series. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, you've got pretty good record in finals. I saw your last final, grand final for Woodville. I think there was the dub, and you got the best on grand medal. So you've got a pretty good record going into it. Yeah, well, not too bad. But I guess that was all against kids, and I was playing <laughs> as an overager. So. Um, in a way, a little bit easier, but um, yeah, I guess um, what more like how how good like playing in a finals game at Optus Stadium. So yeah, all right. Well, I want to start from the very start when we go on today. Obviously, for the people who don't know, you've become such a in the last year a big name, big figure, especially in Western Australia, um, especially with the Fast Freddy nickname coming about. But you know, I want to start from the start. Obviously, your parents came from South Sudan, I believe, before you were born, before yeah. you and your brother were born. What was life like growing up in SA? You know, you didn't have any extended family around. It was just you, your brother, your parents. What was life like growing up? Um, 
Life, honestly, wasn't too bad growing up. We still had uh, a lot of people that my mum grew up with that uh, moved over to Australia around the same time. So we still had, um, I guess, in a way, uh, like siblings of some sort. Um, but, yeah, like you said, no blood relatives, so it was a little bit tough. Um, yeah, mum, mum did most things um, by herself and got us through all school and... Um, to footy and all that kind of thing, as well as our um, close family friends back home. So yeah, mum mum was pretty strong throughout throughout our whole childhood. But yeah, I guess we had good people around us, so we had a pretty decent upbringing. Yeah, have you ever been to South Sudan? No, nah, never. Never. Has your mum been back since then? No. Nah, nah, okay, so nah. I assume on the bucket list between. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, now you first became draft eligible in 2018, which unfortunately you did miss out. But your brother did get picked up in that time, so. Yeah. I imagine a bit mixed emotions. What was what was it like going through that draft, and then how did that affect your footy the next year to then get picked up? Um, honestly, I was, uh, in that twenty eighteen year, um, I knew it wasn't really realistic because uh, I actually didn't play any um, SNFL footy in under eighteens back home. Uh, I played like three games, and yeah. um, my brother and I went to a private school, so we had to play school footy over that. Um, and he obviously played state footy that year, so um, he was busy with that kind of stuff and playing resis um, for Woodville. Um, but I guess because I knew it wasn't realistic, I wasn't uh, devastated in a way. And then I guess sort of more of a motiv- motivating factor with him getting drafted uh, sort of was like, well, his name's sort of out there now. Maybe um, if I was lucky enough to get invited back as an overager, which I sort of knew was going to happen, then I sort of just thought that was probably my only chance and um, – I guess had a crack and yeah, now I'm sitting in WA with you yeah. on the potty. <laughs> yeah, was was there anything? Because obviously, you're completely different positions, you and your brother. But was there anything that you were sort of like in that year where you sort of begging him for, or not begging him, but just pestering him for? I guess things he was learning at the AFL level that you could try and take to to Sanford level. Uh, yeah, I guess I knew. Um, obviously, going him going into an AFL system, the training loads would be a lot higher, and um, I sort of. Um, tried to ask him for his running, his kind of running program and gym program for me to do while I was playing under-18s and um, he helped with that and sort of gave me an insight into what the life's really like and I guess him living at home with myself and mum, like I could sort of see what the lifestyle was, was sort of like. So I guess um, in the end when I got drafted I sort of um, knew what to expect in terms of pre-season and how tough training would be and I guess that held me in good stead. Yep, and when you did get picked up, JL, your coach, obviously had only been at the club for two months, you know, mm. barely any time at all. But he's been such a, I guess, an inspiring figure for, for fans of Fremantle. He's just been really great for the club, it seems, from the outside. What is would have been some of your favourite things about playing under or, I guess, just being coached by JL on the field, off the field? What is he like as a coach? Um, he's pretty uh, level-headed. Uh, he's he, we, he never gets us or... Um, puts a thought in our mind to get ahead of ourselves. Um, we like obviously a lot of teams are like have the good old cliche week by week, and um, uh, when he coaches us, he's a bit like um, just take it quarter by quarter. Don't think ahead um, of the end result, and because all that stuff will take care of itself. But um, yeah, his mindset, and even the other coaches like Matthew Boyd and Jamie Graham, uh, Josh Carr, Joel Corey, like some of their knowledge has been unbelievable for us um, to learn off them. So I guess pretty lucky in a way, like um, JL coming from Collingwood in the 2018 year when they played in the granny and then uh, Jamie Graham 
um, was the forwards coach, I think, um, in that year as well for the Eagles. And then Matthew Boyd was at Collingwood as well when they played in the granny. So we got some some experienced heads around, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of people underestimate the impact that it can have moving away from family at such a young age and having to you know, get up and start again. And obviously the club's doing everything they can, but a lot of people do underestimate that. Was Did you find any difficulty moving away from family and going to WA? And I mean, especially given it was, you know, a few months later until lockdowns were happening. What was what was that experience like for you going from SA to Perth? Um, honestly, it was actually pretty easy. Um, obviously the first few weeks you think like it's going to be pretty daunting. Um in a way, not knowing what to expect. Um, but the club were pretty good and um, I, I lived with Mitch Croden my first yeah. two months and um, he was awesome for me and then um, was lucky enough to get put into a good, really, really good host family and clearly they were heaps good because I lived there yeah. for two years. So, um, yeah, they looked after me really well and made it really smooth and I guess in a way the lockdown sort of helped with me building my relationship with them and yeah. um, now I'm really close with them that uh, – uh, I live with Josh Tracy now and um, every Monday I go over to my hosties for dinner. Um, oh, that's so, nice. Uh, I like that. Okay. Where, what suburb are you living in with Josh? Uh, Willoughby. Oh, okay. Do you like it there? It's not too bad. It's pretty close to the club and all yeah. the boys live around like uh, East Frio, Melville, yeah, Palmyra yeah. and all that. So it's pretty close and central in a way. Yeah. Now you were taken in, I guess, a string of consecutive years and consecutive picks that were just great for Freeman or they really seemed to not miss with any of their picks over about a four or five year period. And it's resulted in a very, you know, rich group of young talent in the club. What's it like to be a part of that? You know, you know, I mean, you don't know what it's like to be at other clubs and how they go, but with the stacked youth that's at Freo, all the blokes around your age that are in the first team, what's it like to be around those kind of players at the club? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, yeah, like Hayden Young, Caleb Sarong, Nathan O'Driscoll, uh, Heath Chapman, uh, Brandon Walker and all those boys, like uh, all those young guys like playing games consistently is pretty pretty cool to see. Like they're all uh, under 22 at the moment and um, – yeah, like to see them guys and uh, I guess myself like growing into the team and uh, coming becoming more comfortable out there with with all the other um, lads around us. Like it's it's pretty good to see and I'm sure the fans love it. Yeah, and how has that helped you as a player? You know, being surrounded by other young players, you're all learning together at the same time. Especially a few that are in pretty similar positions to you. How has that helped you? You think grow as a player? Yeah, pretty good. Um, we have a close um, relationship with all the development boys um, we have sessions uh, each week with the one to four year players and I guess um, we're all in a way like a driving factor for each other um, I guess when when we organize something uh, with training or getting in early in the morning to do some touch um, all of us are there and um, I guess that's um, probably helped us a lot this year in terms of um, connection on the field as well as off the field. Yeah. Now, in your first few years, naturally, you were a bit in and out of the side, sometimes due to injury, sometimes just a bit of form stuff. But this year, you've, you know, you've set the world alight with your footy. You've really grown accustomed to AFL. What has been, I guess, the difference, you think, this year? And when was it that it sort of clicked in your head or on the field that you just sort of felt like you, I guess, belonged there more and more so that you were genuinely a part of the first team? Um, I think uh, going into last year, my first few games, uh, in a way, like yeah, playing a, b- a bit of a different role up forward, and uh, I guess um, all the people that I have around me in the forward line, especially like Sunny um, Shooter, Switter this year, um, like I guess 
playing with those guys that, uh, and also them giving you confidence to be able to, I guess, in a way show what you got. Um, so, yeah, I think from last year and then obviously got injured and missed a fair chunk of it. And then I guess going into uh, pre-season, I just wanted to get fit and um, get my body right and get through the whole whole pre-season. And I guess learning different forward roles in the in the forwards in the front six um, has sort of probably helped me a lot this year. And, um, yeah, I guess maybe that's the reason why I've gone the way I've gone this year. Okay, and your form's obviously resulted in a contract extension, a pretty big one as well. So congratulations on that to 2026, is it? Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, a pretty huge contract extension. What's what's that process like? Because a lot of us, you know, we wouldn't have any clue what the process of it's like. How long is it between the start of talks to when it's pen to paper? What kind of say do you have directly with the club? Is there much back and forth with the manager? What's that whole process of the contract extension like? Um, yeah, uh, like you said, there's a few... Uh, times where you go back and forth but um, I think it was probably oh maybe uh, maybe a few weeks after that uh, Melbourne and Brisbane game um, yep. so yeah probably after the bye um, was in talks I think and then yeah a couple of times going back and forth with the manager um, and the club and then I guess yeah coming to an agreement so that, that all happened pretty quick um, and honestly I didn't expect to even be or get um, approached by the club uh, through my manager to re-sign this quick. So um, I guess, yeah, pretty like thankful and grateful in a way um, to be sticking around for so long. And, um, yeah, like I like it here. And like I said at the start, like I haven't really been homesick and it's been an easy transition to WA. So, um, yeah, can't, can't complain if, I guess, you're in the team every week and um, – yeah, and the team's going the way it's going. So yeah, now like the early twenties is when I guess a lot of players do find themselves losing their place on a list. It's sort of you know make or break years for you. Do you feel like that's taken any any pressure off of your back? You know, any relief and helped the way you play your footy? You just go about day to day life to know you've got those several years ahead of you where you're locked into the team. Yeah, uh, it does relieve a bit of pressure, but um, I think my the way I've gone into this year and each week. Um, sort of with a mindset that, like, um, that like I'm not guaranteed a spot in the team. Like our, our team's been fit um, this year, and we haven't had too big of an injury list throughout the season. So just knowing that um, there's a lot of boys fighting for the same spot. So I think coming into each week uh, with a mindset that I might not be playing, I think uh, that sort of drives you to train a bit better and have a better mindset and not being complacent with where you are. So I think um, that's the way I've looked at it, and I think that's helped me a lot this year. Yep. Now, one thing that has come as a result of your great form, or it might have even been before, but as we were talking about the nickname Fast Freddy, um, obviously your pace is very well one of your strengths in your in your footy. When was it that you first heard that nickname, and as how has it felt to become a bit of a, a cult hero or a bit of a fan favourite with your, with your footy and with your nickname? Uh, I think um, I'm pretty sure it come in my first game one of the commentators when I kicked my first goal yeah um called me fast Freddie Frederick and it's sort of yeah I guess stuck um with the fans um uh you probably know that uh the the I get called Rick as well yeah um and that was one of the boys that gave me that nickname within yeah my first couple of weeks but yeah um yeah, that nickname, Fast Freddy, come on pretty pretty early and, yeah, stuck around. How, how often when you're out? Because, 
you know, this is like a this podcast, pretty small thing comparative to you. And I get out a lot where people just yell out at me, footy yarn when they see me. Yeah. How often do you get like just copping, just fast Freddy from miles away, just people yelling out at you, pointing out just any time you're out in public? Uh, I actually don't get fast Freddy a lot. It, uh, yeah, mainly just Freddy. Um, uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, a few times um, if I'm walking around um in the public or whatever but not not too often yeah how, how does it feel to like to have them come and approach you when it when is it really grown that people have started to approach you more and more um oh yeah i don't know it's a funny feeling still i was actually talking to someone about it today um i still feel like i'm just that kid that was playing under 18s footy for woodville like i haven't oh, i don't think i've changed at all in the way i am um and i just yeah i just I'm just a normal person like everyone yeah. else. Um, obviously, uh, because of our job and um, how we're, I guess, displayed on TV and in the public a lot or in the public eye, um, I guess it, it comes with it. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's uh, pretty cool that um, the recognition. I think it's probably started a fair bit this year with uh, just, yeah, going to the cafe around the corner and um, a few people coming up to you. Um, every now and again and saying g'day or having a good chat. So, yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah. Now, one negative that I, I do want to touch on, one sort of more downside of this conversation is um, obviously racial abuse online. I think a lot of people wouldn't experience any sort of form of racial abuse or racial vilification at all throughout their life. So how, how does it feel when you see to you, to your teammates, to, to go online or to hear these comments, read these comments? How does that affect you? Uh, I guess just in a personal sense. Um, oh, it's a, oh, it's a funny feeling uh, when you when you experience it. It's one you probably uh, really can't explain to people. But um, yeah, I guess when you see it, you sort of yeah, I guess you don't really think it's like really happening. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a shock. Um, but I guess um, the way I've looked at it, uh, like once you sort of call it out and. Um, make people aware of it um, there's always for one bad person there's always way more good so yeah the support um, behind it um, after um, what Sonny and myself experienced a few weeks ago was unbelievable and um, still even still today um, people uh, coming up to me and um, yeah just telling me that they're here for me even just randoms that I don't know and all yeah. that kind of thing is pretty awesome to um, see and feel so um, yeah, I guess in a way, um, yeah, you don't expect it to happen often or at all, um, but it's something that you're sort of aware of. Yeah, well, it's great to hear that there is that support. You know, you don't really – it's it's a weird thing to read when you're a fan, so I can't imagine how it feels as a player to to have people still thinking that way. But we'll get on to some, uh, some more positives, um, especially this season. Fremantle as a whole, it's just been – an absolute whirlwind season. It's um, come with the title flag mantle has started to grow a bit of popularity, which we'll talk a bit about later. But how has it felt as comparative to previous years? I'm sure you're always happy being at an AFL club, but what's the vibe, what's the buzz around the club now that you guys are a really competitive team that are consistently winning? And what do you think has been the difference this year comparative to last? Um, yeah, I guess in my first two years, um, I, we spoke about it last year, the elephant in the room being, like, injuries. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, like, this year we haven't had a massive group of boys in rehab and um, I think that's honestly sort of been a big help for us this year and um, the difference in our off-season program from my first year to last year uh, was a big difference and I think 
that's something that's helped us um, sort of, um, I guess, not not have as many injuries as we have had in the past or especially in my first few years. And um, and then just the connection off-field and the uh, boys organising things for everyone to, I guess, get around each other, even um, sometimes after games where we've lost. Um, there's a crew that sometimes go to the beach in the morning the next day and um, sort of just get around each other, have a coffee and um, sort of reflect and then move on pretty quickly. But, yeah, um, I think just our connection uh, on and off the field has helped us a lot and, yeah, our program um, has helped us a fair bit um, throughout the pre-season and this season uh, during the year. Yeah, now the side obviously very young and it means there's been some some great improvements and one of them being Andy Brayshaw this year who's turned himself into an absolute Brownlow contender, one of the best players in the comp. You know, considering this is, I'm sure, somebody you've grown quite close to and become a, a real friend with over the past few years, how does it feel to see that culmination of his hard work coming to fruition and what's it like to play with these players who are just so talented, improving consistently week in, week out? Yeah, well, um, it's awesome seeing um, what Andy's been able to do and even um, guys like uh, Will Brody coming from a new club and Jordan Clark and Caleb Sarong just growing each game. Um, yeah, it's awesome to sort of be around them every day and seeing um, the, all the work they put in. It Obviously, um, it's no secret that there's a lot that gets put in uh, behind the four walls um, for him to be, as for Andy to be as good as he is and um, we get to see that week in, week out and we, we know... I guess in a way what's expected of him game day and um, it's I guess sort of about whether or how we can jump on ship and um, yeah just give it our all on the weekend like he does most weeks but yeah I guess seeing these guys grow and um, even like yeah Andy being so young and um, winning the uh, Players Association MVP like he's what 22 turning 23 soon like it's crazy to think that um, someone so young um is able to do what he's able to do each week. Yep. Now the flag mantle label, we all talk about that. I believe, I believe JL doesn't like it. Like it's banned at the club is what I've heard. <laughs> How did it? I guess you know when it first started popping around this year. What was it like around the club to talk of flag mantle and what were JL's words on the label flag mantle? Um. Oh, it probably started happening around maybe that first uh, big win against uh, Geelong. Yeah. Over there. Um, but yeah, in house it's not a massive thing. But um, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about it much. But um, in in the club. But yeah, I guess you, obviously um, we we see it a lot, and yeah. um, people messaging you them like getting tattoos of flag oh, mantle I've seen and some all, all ones. that kind of thing, and you sort of go, oh gee, he's like, wait till we hopefully get yeah. there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's nah, it's pretty cool to see. It's funny. Yeah, will you get if, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, I don't want to get you in trouble with the club, but fingers crossed, if Fremantle do manage to win the flag this year, do you reckon there's a flag mantle tattoo on the line for all the boys? Oh, yeah, likely, I reckon. Yeah, oh, <laughs> fingers crossed then. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up. Obviously, the first step to flag mantle, as it is, is uh, next week against the Dogs at Otter Stadium. For you and for so many of the boys, given how young the side is, it's the first finals experience, the first taste of... I guess do or die footy, and you're coming up against a team that they just snuck in, but it was it's a pretty experienced team. They were in the grand final last year. How does it feel coming into this game? You were saying it hasn't really hit yet, and I guess where do you think this game's won or lost? You know, with so much on the line. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, a lot of in a way inexperienced players in terms of finals. Um, I think it's only yeah, Dave, uh, James Aish, um, Roy Lobbs, Sonny Walters. 
um, Fifey that have played finals that are in the team at the moment. And, um, yeah, so I guess we'll sort of look at it throughout the week next week. Um, and I guess we've sort of touched on it already um, on how it's, I guess, no other ga- like no different to any other game. It's just, yeah, like you said, do or die footy and uh, there's more at stake. So uh, that's the main reason why the pressure's a bit high and um, – more, a bit more physical in a way So I guess, yeah um, We'll come into the next week looking at it um, In depth and Yeah, I guess it, Like just another good experience Like um, I guess no one will probably take it for granted At all playing finals footy Because you can't guarantee where the team's going to be next year um, Or the year after So yeah, we'll looking forward to it Okay, and just one last one Sorry about uh, Dave Mundy Obviously final year A, a great long servant to the club What has is, what is his impact been on the club In your time there And how does it feel to I guess farewell a player of that calibre You know, a real genuine club legend Yeah, Dave's been um, unreal um, for me And I'm sure for plenty of others That have been around when he was around Especially like before I was there um, But uh, to see the work he puts in week in, week out And me only seeing it for two and a half years And him doing it for 17 or 18 years Or whatever it's been um, It's, yeah, credit to him And it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable effort to play as many games as he has And done the travel that he has So I guess, like he said in his um, press conference a few weeks ago Hopefully we get um, four more wins So yeah. that would be unreal for him and um, for the club as well all right, well, that's all I've got for you. It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to get you on. I wish you the best of luck for finals, and hopefully uh, four or five weeks from now I can get you on with a new tattoo on you. <laughs> thank you. And a massive thank you to Michael Fast, Freddy, Frederick, Monaro, Frederick. Yeah. Absolute pleasure to have him on. You've obviously met him before. Yeah. Do you, like, when you see him out in public now, like, uh, obviously i got to get ready, do you, like, sort of throw a shuckers up and he throws one Well, back? there was that time at Metro is what, yeah. where he got suspended yeah. where I was really drunk. And if I wasn't drunk, I definitely would. I went over like, oh, really? And, <laughs> and how did he respond? I was like, I give you the footy. He's like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> no, man. I'm like, he definitely doesn't remember, but cool. Boys. <laughs> Boys for life. I love that. Finals week one. Thursday night footy. Why is there an elimination final on a Thursday? Who knows? But at least the losing team will get their whole weekend free. Brisbane versus Richmond, 5.20pm at the Gabba. Wow. Jeez. Richmond, they've got Dusty back. Yep. Um, that's really... Like, this is a big test. Is Dusty still good? Even if Dusty only plays 40% of the game up forward or something, like, you'd still take the risk and play him. Oh, Absolutely. Because you just know he could have six goals and 20 yeah. touches. Uh, look, I I just think Brisbane are cooked. I just really think yeah, they're cooked. Yeah, they, they lost Rayner, they lost Ainsworth, they lost Berry. They brought in Robertson. Lions out Robert, as well, yeah. injured. They're, they're, um, yeah, they're in strife. They're certain underdogs, even though they've got the home final. Richmond's end of season form was also very strong. They were just destroying teams that are well below them. But yeah, Richmond is scary. I I don't I don't want to come up against them. Yeah, or well, if you do, you'd at least want Cox at full forward. But yeah. See if France will play. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm going to back Richmond in for this one. Yeah, I'm going the Tigers. All right, Friday night footy. Now this will be a good one. Melbourne versus Sydney, five fifty p.m. at the G. I'm excited for this. Should be a great game between these two sides. Tough to say who will win. It is a tough one. Because Sydney's best is probably the best or second best in the comp. It is. Uh, certainly a tough one to pick. I'm going to 
just lean towards Melbourne because it's at the G, I think. Yeah, nah. Oh, I don't know. They've obviously got that finals experience, but I, I reckon I might back the Swans in here. Just the youth, they'll be so excited to take on finals, um, to take on, you know, the chance for a home prelim. I'm, I'm backing in the Swans here. Um, Saturday morning, or Saturday Arvo footage, Geelong versus Collingwood, 2.35pm at the G. What are your plans for watching this? Uh, probably going to hit the cast. Yep. Um, watch it from there, so... Yeah, looking forward to that. Feel free to come along if you want. Um, could do. Do you plan on glassing any Geelong fans? We'll see how the result goes. Yeah, jeez. I reckon you'd probably go into cardiac arrest if Collingwood did what they've done every other week <laughs> in this game where they just decide to leave it to the last 10, 15 minutes. If Collingwood win by like under a goal again, I don't know if I'll make it to the prelim. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is... It, 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 it'll be an interesting one. Oh. Can Geelong do it? Their finals record has just been... They should, really. Yeah. Like, but they, the, they just seem like a different side, though. Yeah, but I don't know whether I can trust it. Look, I, I'm I, back on the pies. Yeah, that's fair. I might back the cat, <coughs> might back the Cats in here. Whether or not they get the whole job done, I'm, I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on them to get the whole job done. Um, finally, Fremantle versus Bulldogs, 6.10pm at Optus. Frio's first... Ever final at Optus Stadium. So that's a really exciting one. Um, their first final in, what, five or so 2015? years? 2015? Oh, years. Yeah, I think so. So it's been a long time coming for the Dockers. Tickets sold out pretty quick. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Are the rumours true that you will be there? Yeah. Wow. So I'm probably going to do a fan meet-up early. Really? Like, um, I'll just, like, take a photo of a point and say, fan meet-up here. Let, let's go Yana's. Okay, nice. And just um, see who's there. Probably only sit there for five minutes because I've got a lot of um, beers to responsibly drink. Yeah. Um, you got to assess holes in their glasses. I, it's a very important thing. You wouldn't think it would have to be an important thing. You'd have to check. But you do have to check if there are holes in the cups by consuming the whole thing and then looking at the bottom. Fair enough. So um, it'll be an interesting game. Um, you know, the dogs losing liver is a huge one, but they've obviously got the midfield depth. Frio, they've, you know, there's, I think, three players on the list who have played like a final before. So this is this is a huge game for both teams, naturally. I'm going to back in Flagmantle to keep the train kicking here. Surely. Um, yeah, I'm going to back in Flagmantle. The, the dogs, as good as they could be, they haven't shown it all year. Yeah. Surely, surely they can't just turn it on now. Yeah, nah, they could, though. They're, they're oh, at the yeah. lowest odds for, for the flag. But I, I reckon they could. But I will be backing in Frio. One final thing. To get us pumped for finals, there will be $200 in giveaways from <gasps> Tab Touch. Yeah, that's the reaction, baby. $200 in prizes. First place will get $100. Second and third place will each get $50. All anyone has to do is message us, comment on the post, and tell us who's winning the flag this year. And why? or Just tell us who. We're keeping it real simple for can you. Can I enter? Uh, I think legally no. I can, but I won't win. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can enter. Yeah. It's always good to have the numbers up. <laughs> so I'll run through the odds. Uh, on tab touch, Geelong, as of right now, paying $3. Melbourne, <laughs> three twenty-five. Sydney, $6. Collingwood, $9. That's free money. Richmond, $12. Fremantle, 15 Brisbane, 26 And the Dogs, 34 So it's a pretty reflective of the latter, except Brisbane just dropped down to 7th. Yeah, interesting from the Lions. And then the, the Tigers, they're creeping up there now. Yeah, I oh, I don't know who I'd pick out of that lot. The Tigers are actually pretty good value for money at $12. But that's the thing. If you get $100 to bet on it, 
you get it right, that's 1.2K for Richmond. Now, see, I don't want to go too far ahead of ourselves. Never do. Never do. It's a week away, but gee, if Richmond won this week and then whoever lost out of Melbourne City, wouldn't that be an enticing elimination? Wow. <laughs> Richmond could just, they could be the team to do it from, they were outside of the eight a few weeks ago yeah. and just surge home. If anyone can, it's Richmond. I don't know who I'm backing to win the flag. I'm going to say, I'm going to say flag mantle just because I've already got money on them um, from earlier on in the year. Look, I'm going to back the pies. Yep. Um, if I the pies don't, who would you? If the highs don't, oh, then there must have been a catastrophe and the season didn't end. Yeah, okay, so it's pies or bust. Um, but, yeah, look, we'll put a post up. All you have to do is just just tell us who you think's winning the flag and you could get up to $100 to put on, you know, whoever you think's going to win the flag. So exciting times. Matthew, that's all we've got for today. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you. I've loved every second of it. Um, three weeks left of the season. Um, three big guests in the works. Guests are back for finals. Let's let's get real into it. And um, women's footy, obviously kicking off. So that podcast is running concurrently. Everyone, thank you for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure.